up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita. Today is January 9th, 2020, and it is time to do a little bit of bonus podcasting. That's right. Already podcasted on the NFL playoffs earlier this week. So if you would like to hear what Jordan Morandini and I had to say about the NFL wildcard weekend, the opening round of the playoffs, go back and give that a listen. Today, we're going to do a little bit of MLB offseason coverage. It's been a little while since I've gotten a chance to talk about baseball. Some of the big moves happened around the holidays. Things were busy around then. There's been other, plenty of other stuff going on in the world of sports that has required my attention and analysis. But today, we are going to go a little deeper on this MLB offseason, provide a little coverage for our MLB fans the listeners of this show. Having said that, I have an excellent guest joining me right now. He's a longtime friend of mine, played first base at Northwestern, uh, has had had a great college career, great high school career. How are you doing today, Zach Jones? I'm good, Jack. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to, to finally get on here and uh, couldn't have picked a better topic for me, so it's it's good to be on for sure. Yeah, are you enjoying the off season? Has it been long? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's actually always kind of funny. It's the season ends and then the holidays come up. Then all of a sudden it's January. And you're like, oh my god, we got like two months, and then and then baseball's back. So it's pretty pretty crazy how how short it actually is, even though it does seem long sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, been interesting. It's it's nice this year. Uh, things were kind of moving, whereas last year everyone was waiting on Machado and Harper to to make a decision. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Yeah, and with that, I should also say, thirty three days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training coming up quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's just. That's insane. Those guys, especially if you're in the playoffs, those guys get almost no off season. No, I, mean, I don't. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> you know, it's good for us, I guess. But yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. That is that soon. Yeah, selfishly, if you're a baseball lover, it's great to not have to go too long without the great game of baseball. So you, I'm glad you mentioned it. We got a lot of action happening early in this off season, whereas at this time last year. We were waiting for the Harper and the Machado thing to happen. That didn't end up happening till mid to late February, well after spring training had started. Yeah, that's to me was the, the craziest thing that spring training had actually started. I, I think there might have even been some games, some spring training games that had been played before those guys knew where they were playing, or at least before it was official. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't know why things are, are so different. This year, I think maybe teams realize that that's really kind of inefficient and and not good for anybody. Um, and again, Machado and Harper are kind of unique um, in you know what they were looking for. But again, you had like Garrett Cole out there who's kind of on that level uh, to some degree. But yeah, it's good that uh, they finally got figured it out. It looks like this off season and um, got things moving. It's Scott Boris, man. Scott Boris is always just. <laughs> He's, you know, he, I mean, he does a great job for his guys. That's that's for sure. But he's, uh, as you can see, he's not afraid to to hold out until he gets what what they think is right. Yeah, I think the sense I got from Rendon was he was not a guy who wanted to 
wait three months to find out where he was playing. I think he wanted to get the job done uh, early on. He wasn't going to try to squeeze every penny out of an organization. And it seems like Boris, that's his thing, and he's got Cole. But I think Cole, I think the Yankees were just like, we're at a crossroads here. We need to win now. We're not messing around. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to give this big contract. Biggest contract to a free agent pitcher ever. Yeah, and I, I think you made a good point about Rendon because that seemed like that happened so fast, or at least the rumors came out fast. I think he only signed about about a month ago or so, but like the rumors came out, he was he was talking to teams, they were trying to get something done, and, and it got done before the new year. So yeah, I agree with you there. And Cole too, you, you probably remember, like uh, less than an hour after the loss, he's he's in the interview, or he's getting interviewed, and he's like, well. He says something like, I'm not part of the team anymore, but I guess I'll speak for myself or, or something along those lines. And then he's wearing the Scott Boris hat. Uh, <laughs> during the, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was kind of funny how he was already like flipping the page, repping Boris. But no, it. I mean, it paid off. And yeah, I think the Yankees too were just like, hey, we're, we're you know, a couple guys away if we can get Garrett Cole. This, I mean, they're, they're just they're stacked at this point. It's funny to look at the Yankees right now. Because, well, first of all, we should mention they drafted Garrett Cole and he didn't sign as a high schooler. So now he actually is with the organization, which is a cool fact. But what's so funny about the Yankees, I can't remember the last time they signed a big ticket free agent and they somehow came off looking like the good guys with what you're seeing, how the MLB is going to be hammering Boston and Houston. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting with Boston and Houston right now. I mean, I'd be curious to see how that how that all kind of plays out. I mean, I I don't think there's been much of a have we heard much about Houston lately? Or what? Yeah, they've fallen or... under the radar a little bit. And now yeah. we got this report the other day that Boston was doing the same thing. Uh, I think it was last year, the year they won the World Series, they were stealing signs. Yeah. There was, I mean, they we already knew they had done that before because there was the whole thing with the Apple Watches too. Yeah, right, exactly. So, and I, I, I don't know, like, is, is any discipline going to come out, or can they even really prove it? I, I mean, if you watch the videos, it's it's pretty obvious, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I think I, I personally, I like it when the Yankees are good. I mean, I get it that they're kind of like the enemy; they're the bad guy. But it, it's just, and it hasn't happened too many times in my lifetime, but if the Yankees aren't good, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, and it's good in this sport when you have, I mean, right now we've had for so many years, we've had New York, Boston, L.A., Chicago, these huge media markets blossoming and their teams doing well. That's great for the sport. That's great for getting eyes on the league, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely very good for the sport. Um, you know, big market, obviously they have the history, the, however many championships it is. Um, they'll never let you forget about that. <laughs> I, I just had Siri pop up. I don't know if that is it 27. That'd be my guess. Yeah, I think so. No, Siri, Siri just, uh, oh. Siri just answered that question for me. That's, that's crazy. Um, what did Siri say? Was it 27? She was like, I found this on the web for his Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's that's funny, but um, yeah, no, it's definitely good for uh, good for the sport when teams like the Yankees, Red Sox, you know, 
Cubs too really are are doing well. So Zach, I was really surprised with where Rendon ended up, really because. I expected Cole to go to the Yankees. I knew the Angels really wanted to get him, and there's the story with Cal- Southern California with that being where he's from and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, money talks. If you give yeah. the guy the most money, he's going to want to play for you, especially if you're a contending team. We don't know how long it's going to take for the Angels to get back into contention. But what surprised me was this team said – they made it clear that they needed pitching. They needed a starting. They need starting pitching, especially. And they did add Julio Tehran, which I think was a an under the radar great pickup on a one year yeah. contract. But going after Rendon, look, they have bats. They've got Mike Trout on their team. They got a lot of hefty contracts in terms of Pujols and Justin Upton on their offense. I was surprised they decided to end up spending that money on more offense. Yeah, it, it is a little surprising, especially because it doesn't really feel like it maybe you disagree. It doesn't really feel like they're a piece away. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really feel like Anthony Rendon is all of a sudden they're they're, you know, making the playoffs and becoming contenders. They do have him for I actually pulled it up. They do have him for seven years. So yeah. I mean I guess that's that's a pretty big window. And they've obviously have locked up Mike Trout too, so if you're thinking like, hey, these are two guys and Otani, I guess, but you know, he's obviously young and a different story. Um, and we can let's, you know, this will be our core and we can build around them. And you know, when Rendon gets old, maybe he can DH. I don't know. But yeah, I mean I, I again I can't I don't know exactly what they're thinking. It is a little surprising given everything you just said, but yeah, I mean the only thing I can imagine is that they're thinking like, hey, we could really build around these guys. Anthony Rendon isn't a free agent every year, so yeah. even though we need some other spots, let's not let's not pass up on this guy. But who knows? I mean, you know, maybe if they had spent that money elsewhere it would have would have paid off better for him, but I guess we'll have to I guess we'll have to wait and see. They may have been wanting to keep him from going their division rival, the Texas Rangers were in talks with him. Yeah. It sounded like he could have ended yeah. up there. We're um we're the Dodgers too. I, yeah, I feel like yeah, the Dodgers are always talking to everybody. But you know the the Angels had an All Star third baseman last year. You might not remember this, Zach. I don't know if I do. Tommy Lastella. Oh, Lastella. So he was a uh, he he was an All Star as, as a third baseman. Was he playing third the whole year? He, I don't I don't know if he was playing third or second or both, but. No, I know he was he, killing it. Yeah, he was awesome last year. Unfortunately, had a quad injury, had to miss yeah, the remainder of the season. That's tough. Yeah, hey, Vestella, former Cub. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're talking about the Angels, I think that Tehran pickup is, if you want to look at underrated moves, I think that was a great pickup to get a guy who started like the last five to seven opening days for the Atlanta Braves and had a sub four ERA each of the last two years. I think that's a great bargain just to get him for one year, a nine million contract. Yeah, I think he's kind of underrated, and I'm not really sure why. I haven't looked too much into him, um, but it sounds like what you just said. He's he's done pretty well the last couple of years, but I think he definitely is kind of an undervalued guy for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. other teams think better arms are out there, but kind of surprised that, yeah, he ended up on just a one-year deal. But it's good for the Angels, I guess. Yeah, he struggled down the stretch, but Tom Verducci, I was watching MLB Network, 
the other day, pulled up this number and he was looking at pitches, the best pitches in baseball. Who's got the best four seam fastball? Who's got the best curveball? Julio Tehran's two seam fastball was the lowest opponent batting average in all of baseball last year. It was a like a guys hit 140 against him when he threw a two seam fastball. Wow. That's interesting, especially the two seam fastball, I think, is kind of getting progressively worse. Yeah. Um, guys are starting to get away from it and, and throw some other pitches. So that's interesting. I wonder. I mean, obviously, he's doing very well with it. He's keeping the opponent batting average that low. But um, yeah, I honestly I haven't I don't I don't know how many times I've actually seen him play, but no, definitely a kind of an under the radar move that not many people have have really talked about. Yeah, and we'll talk about some of the other under the radar moves as we go along. Uh, let's another big one: the Nationals were not able to retain Anthony Rendon, but they were able to retain Steven Strasburg. He yeah. goes back for it looks like he'll finish his career there, which is a great story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Coming in as, um, I think I can't. What year did he get drafted? I can't remember. But, I want to uh, say two thousand eight. Yeah, number one overall pick to you know go through the system, and if he ends up his whole career there, yeah, you don't see that too often. Um, side note: the fact that that Ryan Zimmerman got to win a World Series with him is pretty cool. That he was the yeah, first was ever great. ever draft pick, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's great for him. And I'm sure, obviously, he likes it there and has enjoyed his career, though, so it just made sense. But, yeah, I mean, it's the Nationals kind of – I mean, they really surprised me this year because if you remember, at the beginning of the year, they were really struggling. And yeah. then, then they kind of turned it on, and then all of a sudden they're in the playoffs, and then they win the World Series. And now it's like, okay, well, are they going to do it again? But, yeah, I mean, that that's a move you got to do if – if Strasburg is is willing to do it, like give him the money, give him the contract, because you know he's done so much already, and he just not doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Zach, it's interesting to look at the pitching market because two years ago, that year that the Cubs ended up giving a ton of money to you, Darvish, uh, which I'm still not sold on. He had a nice yeah. nice second half last I year, think but that was a good year. But anyway, keep go on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get sidetracked here. But yeah. uh, that year, two years ago, Darvish was the first one off the board. That was early February. And there was Alex Cobb and there was Jake Arietta. All those guys were waiting until spring training, some signing around the time of Machado and Harper a year later in terms of spring training games are already being played when they sign. This year, very different looks like the probably the top eight to ten pitchers are already off the board yeah yeah absolutely it did happen quick and um again i i think teams like you mentioned a couple years ago teams are probably starting to realize that hey this isn't really good for anyone players probably agents are probably realizing that because then you have these guys who are just kind of hanging out there because guys are waiting or teams are waiting to see, are we going to land this big name guy? Are we going to land this guy that we want? And then you have a whole second tier of guys who are just kind of chilling, waiting to see where those guys go. And then they try to find a home. So, but yeah, no, it's definitely been, it's been an exciting offseason because again, like stuff's, stuff's actually happening. Guys are going places. A lot of guys are moving around too. It seems like, yeah. you know, they're really staying put. So it'll be interesting. Like, I mean, 
yeah, like Philly's got Zach Wheeler. That's that's interesting. Like that's another good arm for him. Yeah, his wife's from South Jersey, so they want to. Yeah. She want to get back there. It's a cool story. Yeah. They look at him. They're really high on him. He's twenty nine. He's seemingly in the prime of his career. Uh, was excellent in the second half of both the last two seasons. Wheeler's a guy to keep an eye on. Some people have equated him a little bit to a poor man's Garrett Cole to see. They think he could take a step and become an ace in this yeah. next stage of his career in a new location. Yeah, I think he's got really good stuff. So if he is able to, you know, it's, it's funny. These guys go to the Astros like Verlander and Garrett Cole, and they they kind of just take a take a huge step. But um, so yeah, I mean, if obviously if Wheeler's able to do that and and get some of that magic, then you know things will be end up being a really good move for the Phillies. Yeah, and in addition to that, some veteran starting pitchers. Uh, three left-handed pitchers all on the market signed pretty quickly. Uh, Dallas Keuchel signed with the White Sox. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about the White Sox a little bit. They've had a great offseason, in my opinion. Cole Hamels ends up filling in to Keuchel's role with the Braves. He signs on a one-year deal. Classic kind of Braves move where they don't want to really give out that big contract. They just want to yeah. <laughs> find a stopgap for a year. Yeah. Other two lefties, Hunjin Ryu to yep. the Blue Jays. And the big one, I think another one that I think is a steal, a bargain of a contract, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, just waiting for it. To the Diamondbacks. How did the Diamondbacks finish last year? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, 80-something wins. Okay, yeah. So maybe that gets them over the hump there. But uh, were, they rumor- were they big in the rumors to get – Bumgarner or any no. of these other guys. I don't really remember. Yeah, it kind of no. seemed like that came out of nowhere. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they did their due diligence and, and did their homework on that. But yeah, that kind of, I was kind of surprised when he ended up with Arizona. But yeah, again, like these guys, these guys you mentioned, they're all kind of jumping around like Hyunjin Ryu. If I'm saying that correctly. Yep. You got um, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Dallas Keuchel to the Sox, and then and then Cole Hamels to the Braves as well. It's kind of interesting. I feel like you know some of these big names. So some of them are kind of winding down their careers, or I feel like you know we don't see this much movement most off seasons. But yeah, it's been it's been exciting. So out of those four guys, Hamels, Keuchel, Ryu, and Bumgarner, because they're all lefties, they're all veterans, yeah. they're all in their thirties. How would you personally rank them in terms of at this stage of your of their careers? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'd have to go Bumgarner one. Yeah, um, and then then Keuchel, then probably Ryu because he's coming off such a good year, and Cole Hamels. Um, I also just did that not on purpose, but it ended up being in order of age. But even if they were all. <laughs> Even if they were all these the same age, I, I'd say the same thing. I think Bumgarner, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure what his numbers were the last couple of years, but the Giants has just been so bad that it's kind of it, it's <laughs> yeah. hard to even hard to even you know account for that. And he he he's been so good throughout his career. I still think Keuchel's you know got some in him. I know last year did he ended up was he on the uh, the Braves for opening day or was it during the season? He signed mid season. 
Yeah, so that's always kind of... Around the time Kimbrel signed. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of tough. It, you know, I can't really put too much weight into to last season. Um, and, you know, Hamels is solid, but, uh, you know, obviously he's 36 and winding down. And Ryu, I think, I know he had a great year last year. He had a really good ERA, but... I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to do that again. Like I, I think that was probably kind of a fluke. Not taking anything away from him. Like it's a great season, obviously, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. He wouldn't be someone that I'd be jumping at necessarily. He's also moving over from a pitcher's park in L.A. to the AL East, where yeah. every single stadium is a big time hitters park. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting the Blue Jays to go out and make a splash like that. Were you? No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> but they're a team that is is definitely up and coming with some of the guys they got on their roster now. Maybe they feel like they're they're pretty close. I mean, they locked them up for four years, so you know that's a that's a decent amount of time there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a they're an interesting team because they. Obviously, you know, had those years where they made the playoffs for a couple of years with Batista, Donaldson, a couple down years, but now they're appear to be kind of building it up, you know, through some of the young guys. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting that. Not this off season, like maybe, maybe somewhere down the line, but they made it happen. And you mentioned Josh Donaldson. He, there are really two guys right now that we're waiting on Donaldson and Castellanos. Yeah. I have no idea when either guy is going to sign <laughs> but or where they're going to end up because it seems like we talk about the Braves. They don't want to spend money, but Donaldson was so great for them last year. He was a great veteran presence for that team. He was great defensively. And I know that there are rumors about maybe you can make a trade for a third baseman. There's some interesting trade names out there. But I think Donaldson just makes so much sense with the Braves that – he may be 34, but I, I wouldn't feel bad because you're not talking about giving him six years. You're probably talking about giving him four years at most. Yeah, and I think it was such a good fit for them, or at least it proved to be in the time that he was there. But again, yeah, he's I mean, he's going to want to get paid. He's going to want to get a nice little end-of-the-career contract. And yeah, I mean, if they don't want to spend the money, that's tough. I, I've actually heard rumors of maybe Donaldson to the Cubs. I don't know if you've heard that at all. No, I, I don't believe it. I, at yeah, all. I don't think that makes any <laughs> sense at all. <laughs> but I uh, mean, he would cost more than Chris Bryant would for the next two years. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense. But also, Chris Bryant too is is interesting. But I, I won't get off track. But um, uh, yeah, I have no idea where either of those guys are going to end up. Like, as a guy who, who grew up a Cubs fan, I mean, Cassianos was a great addition to the lineup, but I don't think they can can or are willing to spend the money on, on the contract he's going to be looking for. Yeah, we could talk a little bit of Chicago baseball here. You brought up Bryant. The Cubs are one of three teams this winter that have not spent a single dollar <laughs> Yeah. On MLB wow. free agents. They've signed some minor league free agents, but there are two other teams. Do you have any guesses as to who those teams are? I'm going to say, oof. let's go with uh, the Rangers. No, they've spent money. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was a bad guess. <laughs> it yeah, was, was a, a it's guess. the Pirates yeah, and the Rockies. Ahead. Okay. 
Yeah. So makes sense. The Cubs haven't spent a single dollar. All indications seem to point to no extension for Castellanos. And it seems like right now, well, I'm really shocked, honestly, because Zach, if you had told me on September 30th or whatever day it was that they ended their season, they made such a quick replacement in terms of manager. They got ran Madden out of town so quickly. Yeah. It almost feels like David Ross joined the Cubs as manager like three years ago. <laughs> nothing has happened since. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's true. And I think, uh, they were going in understanding how high their payroll was and probably trying to cut that down a little bit, but it does look a little weird when you come off an unsatisfactory season and nothing, nothing really changes except maybe you lose a guy or two that, that made some contributions. Um, probably really just one Cassianos, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if it, you know, as a fan, it, you're kind of looking at that and you're like, okay, well, why are we going to be better? What, what's going to make us better? And, you know, David Ross is, is obviously a question mark too, just, just as any, you know, first year manager would be. So who knows, maybe that'll work out great and we'll get the team going and, but you know, maybe the opposite will happen. So <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting. But yeah, as a fan, you're kind of sitting there like, well, are, are we going to be better? Like, how are we going to be better? Nothing's changed. It's really like, what is the plan? What are we going for here? Because I was thinking when that's when the season ended, they made a quick change at manager. I'm like, all right, we're going to see a lot this offseason. There are going to be some trades. We might say goodbye to Schwarber. They might say goodbye yeah. to Wilson Contreras. There could be some moves here. And right now, it just seems like they desperately want to trade Chris Bryant just for the sake of moving someone to make <laughs> some kind of move, shed some salary. And what's so strange is it seems like that is the only plan that they have in place. And that's being held up regardless of when, if they had some sort of a deal that they wanted to work out, there's no way that you can make a trade to a team when that team doesn't know if they're going to have one year or two years of Chris Bryant and a trade. I know a lot of people yeah. have said, Oh, well you can sort out and have two separate trades, but that's not how the trade works. Cause you have to actually have the trade go through the league office. You can't say we're conditionally trading Chris Bryant. If he has one year and we'll get this. And if he has two years, we'll get this instead. Yeah. And, the arbiter on this, this could happen. We might not know. We might not get a verdict on this till like mid-March. And so then are you going to just make that your only plan? And just at that point, you would think other teams have figured out third base. They figured out how they're going to do this. It just, to me, I just don't really see this working out in what with what the Cubs are trying to do right here. It doesn't seem like a trade really is in the cards here unless they seriously just have a desperation just because they want to move them so bad. Yeah, that's a really good point um, that I'm sure throws a major wrench in any sort of trade discussions because, as you said, you, you, you literally just don't know what you're getting, and, and that plays a lot into what his overall value is. And it's a great point, too, about the time, by the time we do hear about it, teams or organizations are going to have to already make some decisions of, where are we going this season? We can't bank on this Chris Bryant thing working out. 
Um, so it's tough, but you know, I do think I agree that decision is probably going to have to come out first, but he's, he's been such a good player throughout his career, even early on that I'm sure whether it's before the season or whether they hang on to him until I don't know, maybe the deadline or something. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely puts them in a tough spot, and it, it, I'm I'm curious too why there haven't really been any sort of other discussions as you mentioned, yeah. or like Contreras because he's been his name has been thrown out there as a potential you know, trade piece, but we've heard almost I really haven't heard any rumors of potential trades, potential spots where they might land, who the Cubs might get back, um, you know, in return. So it's kind of just been a big question mark. Yeah, it's really weird because you saw how much money Travis Darno got from the Braves. I think he got two years, sixteen million, or something like that, and that showed that this catching market is hot. So that seems yeah. like a people really want good catching, and so it seems like if you really, really need to make a move, whether you feel like they can or cannot or whatever, if the team feels. They have to do something here just to shed money because they're not going to be able to bring everyone back and they don't think they're going to be good enough next year to compete and they have to trade someone. You would think that that trade would make a little more sense. The other thing is in terms of selling high on players, you're not selling your highest on Chris Bryant right now. Chris Bryant won an MVP a few years ago, that would be when he was at his highest. I think there are some other guys on this roster, however, who their value might go down from this point. I mean, look at Schwarber. He had a great second half to the season, and he is definitely more valuable to an American League team. So it just seems like I'm confused as to why, like you said, we haven't heard anything about any of these other guys. Yeah, I think if I was the Cubs too, you'd be in a really tough spot because you have such a talented roster. And yeah, at a certain point, you got to start paying these guys, and you're not going to be able to keep them all. But it's it's almost hard to to break up that core, even though the last couple seasons have been disappointing. Like, what would you think? What 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 would be your move? Who would you try to try to uh, deal if it was if it was up to you? All right. So if you told me I can only bring back two guys because out of really there are five guys that we talk about who are not going to be the Cubs are not going to be able to have uh, three years from now because several of them are coming off the books in two years and then Contreras has three years remaining and so you got Schwarber you got Bryant you got Rizzo you got Baez you have Contreras those are the five guys that people talk about if you can only have two I really want Chris Bryant on my team. He's an MVP. He was the only draft pick that this front office has had that has become an Mm all-star. Baez was drafted by the former front office, so I think people kind of lose sight of that. And I want Rizzo because I don't think Rizzo is going to be as expensive as a Baez or a Contreras. So really, I look at it, if I can only have one of the younger guys, I want Chris Bryant. And I want Rizzo as my captain and leader of the team. And especially because Rizzo has said he wants to be a Cub for life. I don't know why the Cubs aren't even entertaining the thought of extending him. Yeah, I I completely agree with you if it had to be two guys. Definitely Rizzo for sure. And that that's one of the reasons I was kind of surprised when everything came up about Chris Bryant. It's like, well, dude, do we have to trade Chris Bryant? Is, is there anyone <laughs> else we can trade? Uh, 
And Wilson Contreras is definitely a super talented player and could be, you know, someone who's an all-star year in the year out, but he's kind of, he's kind of underperformed a little bit, I think, at least offensively. Defensively, he hasn't uh, developed the way that we thought he was going to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Chris Bryant has proven it. He's rookie of the year, MVP, as you said. Um, and Schwarber, Schwarber too. Like you kind of know what you're going to get with him, I guess. At this point, you know he's he's going to mash the balls, but he's like you said, he'd be more valuable to an American League team, and he's obviously not Rizzo or Chris Bryant. So yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that point. Yeah, and I mean, I we can talk about this a little bit. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of Cub stuff, but Javi Baez, just in terms of if you look at his approach. And how his chase rate is so high, he swings at so many pitches outside the yeah. zone. If I was a pitcher, I just would never throw him a single strike. And I think we saw that in the second half of this past year. Now, he got injured. He had some problems. I think he's a really good player. I just I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as some other people think because yeah. I just look at that as I think his potential is capped, unfortunately, by his plate discipline lacking. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think he's a little too, yeah, in, in that sense, it, it's hard to really have him as your guy, I think. Yeah. You know, if he's not. He's a gonna... good complimentary piece, but I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't, if you're go, choosing between him and Chris, I think you got to go Chris. The other thing with Chris, he was the best player on the team that won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. How could you right. not want to make that guy a Cub for life? It just seems like he seems to really be happy here. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, they have no chance at getting him. You know how you get Chris Bryant? Pay him more money than any other team is going to pay him. <laughs> the Cubs can do yeah. that. This is They're not the... This isn't Milwaukee. This isn't Cleveland. This isn't Tampa. This is Chicago. And the Cubs have money. They're yeah. going to make money from this TV deal. I don't want to hear it. I think they can extend this guy. I think they should. Now, yeah. it seems like right now, maybe this all, maybe this is all a tactic to try to scare Boris into you know, cheapening his price. I, I yeah. don't know. Let me ask you this. Do you think that maybe Bryant isn't super necessarily excited about about re-signing with the Cubs because of the grievance, because of the way things went down when he was a rookie? You know, to tell you the truth, I don't think it matters to Chris Bryant. I think it matters to Scott Boris. Yeah. When I talked to Chris Bryant at spring training, before he had played an MLB game, that year in 2015, when there was all that drama surrounding this issue of his service time, going back to then... <laughs> There was a fan who came up to Chris right before I did when he was signing some autographs at practice and said, Chris, I'm so sorry that all this is going down. Uh, hope you are cool with it. You know, like, we really love you here. We're grateful for you. And he just said, dude, it doesn't bother me. I just love baseball. I, yeah. I, I care about baseball. It's not a big deal. And I could tell he was being genuine. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a genuine guy. And that, that's a good point. Yeah, it's probably more of the you know the legal side that's that's more upset about that. But I don't know. It just it just seems like it it's kind of weird. Like he shows up to the park every day, and and so does the front office. And they're like, hey, we're kind of in a kind of in a battle right now. But yeah. also we're working together. And 
It's yeah. kind of like the arbitration process too, which is weird, but Yeah, the thing is Chris Bryant isn't doing anything passive aggressive in this time, like Garrett Cole of wearing the Boris hat or yeah. you know, we what a move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've seen passive aggressive guys and Chris Bryant hasn't been that. I think he's been genuine. And I just think he's the guy you want to lock up for this franchise in terms of fifty years from now, you think about who was the guy from that team. I think everyone's going to say Chris Bryant, but then are you going to say, oh man, I hated when Chris Bryant went to the Cardinals and won two World Series with them after the Cubs Uh, were cheap and didn't want to pay him? Yeah, that'd be tough. And that's a guy where you'd look back and you'd be upset because he's already proven so much that he could be, you know, again, like Contreras. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll just, maybe he'll flame out and, and he won't make the improvements people think he will. Schwarber could do what he does every year. I mean, obviously Schwarber's not like Chris Bryant or or Rizzo. And and like you said, Javi is sort of, you know, obviously the plate discipline's an issue. So I think if, if you stick with a guy like Chris Bryant, one who probably will work out, but even if it doesn't, you're like, well, we had everything pointed to yes there. So we can't really feel too bad about it. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So in other news with this Cubs team, we have to mention it. And then we'll move over to the South side because I'm I'm more excited to talk about the South side because they've had a much uh, more exciting offseason than the North side has. And I think the arrow is pointing more up for the White Sox. I think the White Sox fans have a more exciting – it's a better time to be a Sox fan right now than it is to be a Cubs fan. But let's talk about this. The Cubs are going to release the Marquee Network. Yeah. And Zach, I have not heard a single thing. We're a month away from spring training. You'd think this thing <laughs> would be launching around spring training. Yeah. People have no idea how to get it. <laughs> it's funny you, you, you bring this up. I was actually talking to one of my coworkers about this today. And that like about exactly that. It's not like no one knows how they're going to watch the Cubs this year. <laughs> People, like As of right now, no one's watching the Cubs this year. Which, as I understand it, if you're local, you you cannot watch the Cubs unless you ha- are subscribed to this. Is that correct? Yeah, you have to wow. get the Marquee Network, the Cubs exclusive TV channel. People do not know because there's talk: is Comcast or Xfinity or whatever that your provider is? Are those providers going to be able to pick up that channel? Are they going to? get it for you or are you going to have to pay an exclusive um, an additional amount of money to get that channel Uh, i think they're totally goofing this whole thing up they should have had all this information out before the holidays so if you're trying to sell it people can buy passes around the holidays right other thing you look at how something like disney plus just launched disney plus set a launch date several months in advance got everyone all excited about it talked about potential new shows people are not excited to have to pay extra to get this cubs network but if you want (laughs) if you want to get people excited start putting out look at this really cool show that we're going to have with anthony rizzo where he travel you follow him around when he travels around and he meets with his friends from other teams yeah yeah no that's a good point and and that's another thing too Uh, maybe there is some more info about this and about this and i just haven't done the research but i don't know what's going to be happening when the Cubs aren't playing? What, like, what are no they going to be knows, showing? Zach. What are we no going to see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would be another thing that would make, get me excited about it. Because as of right now, it sounds like, hey, 
you've been watching the Cubs for the last 10, 15 years. Now we're just going to make you pay to watch the Cubs. As yeah. opposed to, like, what else am I getting with it? So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, what you mentioned about Disney, yeah, they obviously did it right. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, but 33 days, pitchers and catchers. and I know. We, it's I'm hearing nothing about it, so it's not a good sign. I think they're going to try to put out all this information at the Cubs con, but I don't think that's a good move because I don't think it's typically at those kind of things you get people all excited about stuff and people are not excited about this. So yeah. it's like, hey, welcome to Cubs Con. Here, we want to squeeze some more money out of your wallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As of right now, it doesn't sound like a positive thing. It's, it just sounds like, hey, you have to pay for, you have to pay to watch the Cubs now. Yeah. And screw for the Cubs, I guess. But I don't know. I think they're losing this public relations battle right now in a lot of ways. I mean, I yeah. think Boris is cleaning up on them. I think the Sox are looking a lot better than the Cubs right now because they're not requiring any form of subscription to watch the games. I yeah. think a, a lot of people are looking better than the Cubs are right now. Yeah, and and yeah, the Cubs. Joe have Madden just been is getting... looking better than the Cubs, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Cubs have just been getting they've been getting a lot of hate this off season, and it's been kind of the opposite on the South side. So yeah, it's uh. It's a tough time for them right now, at least in public perception. So, Zach, why don't you tell me a little bit about some of these moves that the White Sox have made this offseason? I'm so excited. They've acquired a bunch of new players. Yeah, they really they really went all in. I was a little bit surprised myself. Obviously, they have a good, young, strong core, but I didn't expect this kind of splash this offseason necessarily. Um, but... I mean, they must believe that that they're close and that their young guys are are right there. But the, the biggest thing for me was obviously, I mean, the first big one was Grandal, yeah. and that kind of just just kicked things off. But everyone kind of knew that that pitching was a problem. It's been a problem. You know, they've had guys out there that they've had to keep putting out there that just haven't produced because there there really was no one else. So obviously, Keiko's a big one. Again, I think he's coming off basically a half season um, where you can't really put too much weight in it. And I think he, he might've done okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a former, uh, he won a Cy Young. Keiko won a Cy Young. I want to say 2015 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Either way, it's a few years back, but yeah, no, I think, you know, that's going to be big for him. They just got a, they just got a Steve C check, which is, yes. you know, that's a, a solid, a uh, solid arm out of the pen there. Um, and then of course, Gio Gonzalez too, who again, I think is a really solid, like three, four starter in your, in your rotation. And then Giolito's going to be back, um, you know, coming off a great year. Hopefully Kopech lives up to expectations, you know, Cease didn't do so well when he came up last year, but still a lot of hope around him. So I think that just kind of solidifying that, that staff is so big. I mean, if you just look around teams that have had success, like that's such a big part of it. If you if you can have a dominant pitching staff, you're going to be in every game. You're always going to be a contender. And then, you know, some other moves too, like locking up a Brayu. That was great. Um, get him back for a couple of years. He's such a underrated guy. I think he he like year yeah. in year out. He always produces. But I mean, I guess the team has done well, so he kind of flies under the radar. But I'm so glad they they got him. I mean, there were talks about him maybe not coming back, but uh, that just didn't really make sense to me. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, they got McCann back. Uh, they had that trade with the the Rangers as well for Mazzara, who I don't know much about, but he's a, he's an interesting guy. Like he's got some pop. He's been in the bigs for a few years, but he's still really young. I think he's only twenty four. Yeah, he's um, he's pretty young. Yeah, so that, that's exciting. I mean, you know, even <laughs> if that guy ends up being in a, being a decent bat, that's still like you know that's your seven or eight hitter. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah. So I want to include an interesting nugget here. Did you know this is the third time that the White Sox have acquired Gio Gonzalez? I did. I did hear that, which is <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> but he's finally going to play. I looked it up. Uh, I was trying to. I wanted to see who the pieces were because I was thinking about that as you were talking about Gonzalez. So the first time they traded him, he was drafted by the White Sox. They traded him with Aaron Rowan. For Jim Tomei. That was yeah. the first time. They got him back when they traded Freddie Garcia for Gavin Floyd and him. And then in 2008, they traded him, uh, Ryan Sweeney, and Fautino De Los Santos for <laughs> Nick Swisher. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that guy, uh, well... Glad he was willing to come back <laughs> after all that. After all that moving around, I love what the White Sox have done this offseason. My one concern about this team, though, and I think I think right now they sit as a team with a floor of around seventy-eight-ish wins. I think they're probably at least an eighty-three win team with a higher upside than that, especially in the AL Central. But my one concern: yeah. defense. Tim Anderson, I believe, led the shortstops in errors last year. Uh, Abreu has had some defensive struggles. Moncada was excellent defensively last year and was really yeah. just a great player all all around, offensively yeah. and defensively. Yolmer Sanchez won a gold glove last year, but he got non-tendered, which was interesting. Right, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back, just as a utility guy. Yeah. But the timing of it. I think it just made sense. They had to just get him on the cheaper side. Right. And just they, they were trying to make room to to get some of these guys that they ended up getting. So if they're looking for a utility guy who can, you know, play the field, play it well, they obviously know Yomer and I'm sure have good outstanding relationship with him. So it would make sense, but I don't who knows. I don't know what they're trying to do at this point. Well, this lineup has some bats. All right. They're gonna put up a lot yeah. of runs. It's too bad MLB Slugfest isn't a game on uh, any gaming console anymore because they would definitely be my Slugfest team with yeah. this lineup. <laughs> yeah, should be a lot of home runs. Um, they hit quite a few last year. Uh, and Mazzara is another guy. I think he hit 20-something last year. Encarnacion um, had a lot last year. He probably Encarnacion. Oh, I almost forgot about Encarnacion. They actually, just, I think they officially announced that one today. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. Wow. They really do have some bats. Be interesting to see how they do it all. With the obviously I mean Encarnacion is, is a DH at this point, but if he'll DH every day or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, no, the offense, uh the offense is exciting for sure. Yeah, and they have a good mix of veteran guys and uh early in their career guys. I don't want to call them rookies, but they're on their rookie contracts, not to mention they locked up Luis Robert, who is, I think, the number three overall prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. 
So yeah. there's some big, I mean, and then they got Nick Madrigal coming up. They had Cease come up, Kopech's back. I don't, I don't know how anyone could not be excited about this team unless they're a Cubs fan in right, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there is a lot of excitement and, for me, I, I think I, you know I don't expect them to to win the World Series next year, and I don't know what the overall pulse is as far as going and what they're expecting next year. But you know it's going to obviously take some time for the team to mesh and everyone to kind of find their form. But yeah, it's it's definitely very exciting. Should be significantly this year than it was last year, and at least competing for a playoff spot. Which is which? That in itself, honestly, is really exciting. That hasn't happened here, and oh, I can't, I can't even 2008. remember. Two thousand eight. Was it two thousand eight? Yeah, I yeah. Think so that's what, like, you know, eleven or twelve years. So that alone would would get the South Side fired up, and and the fans really pumped for sure. Yeah, they were like one of eight franchises in the four major sports to not have a playoff appearance in the twenty tens. In the decade, yeah, yeah. That's tough, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they're about to to rattle off a handful here. So, in other news in the American League Central, which I think is relevant because we're talking about how we might project this White Sox team, I think I do you agree with me. I guess we'll go over the Indians in a second, but do you agree? Around you're looking around a 500 club at the moment, 80 ish win team with a higher upside than that. For at the, the for moment the, for the Indians for the for the White Sox oh for the White Sox oh um yeah I I think I think right around 500 maybe a little above that like, I don't think they're gonna break out and win 95 yeah. or 100 games this year yeah because I think you're, you're gonna have some some struggles obviously you know is Kopech gonna come in and have a sub two ERA and strike out you know 10 guys every game. Probably not. Like I'm sure he'll yeah. show signs of, of what he can be, but at the end of the day, he's going to be a rookie. Um, you know, Cease is going to be a rookie and some, you know, they always have guys who, who are going to struggle or guys who get hot, get cold. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it takes time. And then even, you know, the first time they do, you know, it's the end of the season and they're in playoff contention. That's going to be an adjustment for guys too, just young guys who haven't really been there before. And, you know, who knows if that's good or bad or if that'll affect them negatively or positively. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair to say. I, I, I would assume they'd be around 500, maybe, maybe a little bit above. Yeah, I would agree. And I think they could end up winning even more games than that. If this was like a, a team in the National League Central, just a very regular division in baseball or the NL East, uh, pretty much any National League division but this is the american league central where you're going to have the royals next year the tigers both teams lost 100 this past year tigers lost over 110 believe it or not (laughs) and then the american league in general just has a lot of teams that are in the rebuild right now the twins were able to clean up and win 100 i think there are wins to be had in the American League, especially in the Central. If they're able to capitalize and win those games, they that's where you could look at them leaping into division contention. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure the Twins will have another good year. Uh, the Indians are kind of a kind of question mark right now. Um, 
they had a good year last year, but who knows? I mean, now they're trying yeah. to trade Lindor maybe. And yeah, so that's what I was just about them. to bring up with uh, the Indians news out of Cleveland today. Sounds right now that the Indians are planning to have Lindor going into opening day, potentially maybe moving him at the deadline. Yeah. I think that this is the right move for the Indians. Oh, yeah. See where you're at. Yeah. You know, like see see how the season goes. And if it's like, all right, maybe this is the end of that little window we had. This really is it. Then make your move. But they had they just missed the playoffs last year. Yeah. And did they win nine games? Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, right. Yeah, I think they did because. Yeah, they did. They, did. they had the Twins. So the Twins won the division. And then the two wildcard teams. I can't remember who they were, but they, they all, A's and Rays. Yeah. And they obviously had great years too. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough. Like, do you want to trade your marquee guy and, and break up the team when, I don't know. It's tough. But yeah, I would do that too. See how the season goes and kind of see where we're at at the deadline. Yeah. The other thing I just think about, like we talk about how the American League Central isn't super competitive because of the bottom half of the league. They yeah. were so close last year. They have an excellent pitching staff, even after trading Trevor Bauer. They have two years left of Frankie Lindor's contract. I think you just you you they came so close last year. You just gotta get in to the playoffs and then you just need to win eleven ish games, right? I think yeah, you need to win win eleven games if you win your division and then you're champion. So if they were in the yeah. American League East and they were going up against the Yankees and the Rays, I think I think it might make a little more sense to pack it in. But Cleveland fans have been waiting a long time to be relevant and to trade away their best player, even if there is no shot of re-signing him. They have a, they're still in this window here where they can compete and they can tune up the roster a couple of moves here and there. This team can compete next year, so I I don't think it. I, I do think it makes more sense to hold on to him. Only way he loses value is if he were to get hurt. Right. And I think for an organization, too, if you are in a situation like that where even though you had a good year and you came so close, it's so disappointing because you didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And then you kind of just naturally think like, all right, well, it's done. Like it, it didn't work, even though, again, you were so close. Like if the twins don't take off, you won the division right. and you know, you're home for, for your first series, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, but yeah, that, I, I agree. I think they should, should see, because again, they, they can still compete and they, they proved that all last season. The twins in this American league central, there's another rumor. They are interested in Josh Donaldson. This is a little interesting <laughs> to me because the twins last year hit so many homers. It seems like they hit a million homers, Pitching staff was yeah. a way that they could improve, and they didn't really make any big ads to their pitching staff this offseason. Yeah. Did they? Um, they got. Uh, have they signed anybody? Yeah, they they signed. Let's see. Well, they lost Kyle Gibson. He's gone. Yeah. They re signed Pineda, it looks like. Yeah. And Odorizzi. Odorizzi, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're there the was twins, one guy they signed. Homer Bailey. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, if you're the Twins, I think they set the 
record for most home runs by a team in history last year. <laughs> so, yeah, you wouldn't think that their first or their target guy would be Josh Donaldson. Like maybe they would have gone after one of those pitchers, which, again, a lot of them are off the board now. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. But obviously things worked out well for him last year, so I don't know. Yeah, be yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. we got plenty left of this offseason, so we'll see what ends up happening. Another name we need to talk about, we're seeing Nolan Arenado's name popping up in trade rumors. In my opinion, I don't I don't think something is going to get done. Uh, and we do have some breaking news we'll get to in a second, but Nolan Arenado, and it's not it has nothing to do with Nolan Arenado, the breaking news, by the way, Zach. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna blindside you. I was you. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Arenado, they just extended him a year ago. When you trade a guy right after you extend him, I think you create mistrust with your organization. Other guys aren't going to want to sign that extension because they think, oh, I might get shipped out right after I commit to living here for the next seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely doesn't send a good message. And and, and also, you extended him for a reason. He's a, a special player. He's, he's one of those guys that's kind of on, on that tier one. So Possibly it, the greatest Rocky of all time, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, again, I, I get that if you don't think you're in a place to compete and you obviously get a lot back for Nolan Arenado, but hang on to that guy for his career, like try to build around him. Cause guys like that don't, don't really come around. And, and who knows that if what you're getting back from him is even going to pay off, you know, like you, you wouldn't feel bad about hanging on to Nolan Arenado and not winning a world series throughout that career. But you know, if you, if you trade him and he goes and wins a couple and these guys you got back don't end up doing much, that's, that's pretty tough. Yeah, I agree. It's very similar to the Chris Bryant thing. What are you going to replace him with that's going to be more valuable to your organization? Your best right. bet is a top is that a top thirty prospect or whatever turns into Arenado. Right. It's it's almost like teams are hoping for we're gonna trade this guy and then we're gonna get another one of him, but we're gonna have but he's gonna be young and we're gonna have control over him so we don't have to pay him. But that's just not that's just not the way it works. Obviously, like you don't yeah. know who's gonna who's gonna be that kind of player. I mean, you have an idea, I guess, but yeah, it's tough to uh, to trade those types of guys. So we have breaking news. Yeah, what do we got? I told you before we got on that there was some movement between the Tampa Bay Rays and the St. Louis oh, Cardinals. Yeah. They have agreed to a deal. The Rays are sending the number forty one. Pri- Pitching, well, number 41 prospect overall, according to MLB Pipeline. He's a left-handed pitcher by the name of Matthew Liberatore to the St. Louis Cardinals for Jose Martinez, Randy Arazarena, and a compensation A pick. Interesting. Interesting. This is not the first time that these two teams have made trades. They Cardinals dealt Tommy Pham to the Rays about a year and a half ago. That worked out pretty well. Yeah. And the Rays moved Tommy Pham, interestingly enough, this offseason to San Diego. I think Jose Martinez is going to do 
really well in the American League. He struggled with fielding, but he's, he has the potential to be a big bat. Yeah, he's a big guy. He rakes. Um, it, it's always interesting to me when when two good contending teams make a trade. Yeah, because this isn't a situation where like the Cardinals are shipping guys and trying to get prospects. Yeah, that is an interesting move. So wait, it was Martinez and and who else? Randy Arazarena. So he's got to be a prospect. Yeah, and then a compensation A pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but it is. So the Rays they don't have fam anymore. They don't have Avi Garcia, who wasn't like that big of a. He was good last year. But he had a good yeah, he yeah. had a good year. So yeah. No, nah, I mean that's a good point though. That's another guy who's definitely more valuable in the American League. It's interesting because Liberatori is a pitching prospect that a lot of teams like. So there is some questions here in terms of if the Cardinals are gonna turn around and try to flip him in a trade for an Arenado or for a Betts. Personally, I mean, I don't think there's any way we could try to predict that. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen? But <laughs> nevertheless, that's a great prospect to get your hands on. Yeah, for sure. And I was I was curious if he's a guy who's like MLB ready, but he spent 2019 in single A. So I would assume not. And he's 20 years old. He was drafted in 2018. So that's kind of interesting for the Cardinals. Maybe they're looking at uh, trying to open up a spot for Ozuna to come back. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, like you said, they're trying to flip this guy too. Or maybe they're really just thinking that far ahead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would think they'd be more interested in a guy who could, could help them right now. But who knows? Yeah, who knows what they're trying to do. Well, they've had a lot of outfielders. They've had a crowded outfield. Last year, Fowler... They had Ozuna, they had Bader, they had Martinez, they got O'Neal. So they have a lot of outfielders. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking at Is Fowler, is he, um, he's no longer with the, is he still with the Cardinals? Yeah, he is. Wow. Should the Cubs and Cardinals just get together and let bygones be bygones and say, <laughs> Jason Hayward for Dexter Fowler, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. Fowler had a really nice bounce back year after uh, not a great 2018, and he might have gotten hurt for a little bit. Um, had a pretty decent year last year. Yeah. To your point, though, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that guy, Liberatore. I'm trying to see what else we got. Some other intriguing free agents. Is there anyone that you – I got a couple guys in mind. I'm wondering – in terms of guys who haven't signed, who are probably going to be a low-risk guy that you're not going to have to give a huge contract to, anyone come to mind that you think would make most teams better by just being there, or a guy that you want to take a shot on? Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, that's that's a good question. No one really immediately comes to mind, but it sounds like you got somebody or, or a couple guys in mind. Yeah, uh, the first one, Alex Wood, only 28 years old. He was fabulous for the Dodgers just a couple years ago. Last year, had an injury-riddled year. Left-handed pitcher, I I think he'd be a guy that I'd take a shot on. I think he's he's got a high ceiling. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah, he as you said, he did really well with the Dodgers. Um, Kind of fell under the radar when he got hurt, but 
Yeah, no, that's a good one. Who else you got? The other guy is also a former Cincinnati Red, and that is Scooter Jeanette. Scooter. Yeah. I love Scooter. I think I think Scooter, because last year the uh, the Reds traded him to who was it? The, the Giants. 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 Yeah. yeah. For free, which, basically. Yeah. Which is was tough. It was tough for Scooter. I mean well, I guess the, the Reds weren't having a, a great year either. But, I think it uh, was tough for Scooter because he's that's he's a hometown Cincinnati guy. Oh, I didn't even know that. I was thinking just more a sense of, uh, you know, he's been with the Reds. His, his whole is uh, I'm not sure if it's been his whole. He's career. been there. He was there for two and a half years because he's okay. with the Brewers before. Yeah, that. that's right. That's right. That's right. And then you know, because the team is not really a contender. But yeah, that'd be bad. But I don't know. For some reason, he's he's one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar. If you had to guess his career batting average over seven years, what would you guess? Oof. I'm going to say, I don't want to overestimate. Let's go 285. 286. Oh, wow. Good job, Zach. <laughs> Did, didn't look that up, I swear. <laughs> didn't he hit four home runs in a game once? He did. Yeah. that's uh, That tells you all you need to know right there. No, but seriously, uh, yeah, I think he's a great bat. I was kind of surprised when the Reds traded him, but, I mean, they're making a ton of moves. I'm sure they know what they're doing, but, uh, yeah. Are you clapping or something? Oh, sorry. I was tossing <laughs> a baseball around. <laughs> sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still getting used to the podcast game. <laughs> but I actually read, a t- I think it might have just been a tweet linking Scooter possibly to the White Sox, but... That would, I mean, wow. I don't know how much truth is in that. Yeah, you got to have a spot for Majergal. Yeah, exactly. And if he's going to be coming up later this year is what some people are saying. It wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, Scooter is an everyday player. And yeah. he was an all-star in 2018. Could have been one in 2017. Those two years, I'm going to pull this up. His combined numbers over those two years, 303 batting average, 351 OBP, and 25 homer average between those two years. Wow. Yeah. That's phenomenal, especially out of a second baseman. Yeah, that's a dang good player right there. He's only 29. He's in the prime of his career. Take a shot on him. Give him one year. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure somebody will sign him. But it's oh, so kind of, it will. Yeah, but it is kind of surprising that he's still here. What I don't get is the Reds gave out all that money to Moustakis, who I, and I love Moustakis, yeah. but it's to have Moose play at second base, which is a position that is not his natural position because they've got a Eugenio Suarez at third. Why right. not just bring back Scooter? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but somebody definitely needs to. If he, if he ended up going to the White Sox, I, mean, I think that would be great. You know, he fills that hole for for maybe a year, and then maybe Magical comes up the following year. But yeah, somebody's got to get him for sure. Yeah, and then I'm looking around just at the free agent tracker. Couple of unsigned free agents. Yasiel Puig didn't mention his name. Yeah. Yasiel Puig is so interesting because he's had so many ups and downs, such a big personality, um, definitely can play, very talented. Um, I wonder what he would go for right now, too. 
Maybe yeah. that's another guy who you could get for, for not too much. I think he, well, I don't know what the price is, but I think he's a prime one-year contract guy. Yeah. Give him like one year and seven or eight million dollars. Similar to what, or, you know, a good comp would be Didi Gregorius got one year, 12 million. I like that signing a lot for the Phillies, by the way. I think Didi's a good player. Yeah. I'm looking up on, I'm on something called spottrack.com. Yeah. Uh, market Use that value. all the time to look at contracts. Really? Yeah. 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 Apparently, the, the market value for Puig would be $17.5 million. Wow. So maybe that's holding some some teams back. Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting. Yeah. These outfielders, a uh, couple of them can't field. Puig can field. He's got a hose. So he doesn't fall in this category. But Castellanos and Ozuna, all those three guys, really, those outfielders that probably the biggest names on the board and we'll see where they end up yeah ozuna 19.5 market value so where do you think castellanos ends up it's a good question man uh i have no idea i think he's such a good fit for the cubs but it's just not gonna happen um i don't know is he's even rumored anywhere uh i mean there have been several teams that he's been linked to it's just so hard to say yeah, it really another under the radar pickup that I like though. What do you got? Corey Dickerson. One year, I think he got six or seven million to go play on the Marlins. <laughs> if Corey Dickerson came over to the Cubs, he'd be their best outfielder. Yeah. Corey Dickerson to the Marlins. Yeah. That's interesting. Corey Dickerson last year with Pittsburgh hit three fifteen. That was before he got dealt. Yeah, wow. uh, ended up 304 on the season. He was a Gold Glover the year before that, an All Star in 2017. He's a good contact bat and a great fielder. So, what do you think the Marlins are thinking there? I think they saw, wow, good value, cheap guy. He can help us move forward, or we can sell high on him at the deadline. Get something for him. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Hopefully he has a good year. You can sell him. There are going to be these teams that are going to be like, oh, why, why didn't we sign Corey Dickerson? We we could have done that. We need an outfielder. Yeah, it's true. We'll give, you, yeah. Uh, we'll give you a guy who's in AAA who throws 99. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, looking at the roster now uh, for the Marlins, I mean, they're definitely in a rebuilding stage. So, yeah, I mean, many pieces you can collect to deal with the deadline is going to be helpful couple of veteran guys who we don't know if they're going to play next year or not. Hunter Pence, Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Yeah, those ones are uh, those are interesting. Hunter Pence, actually, he was actually on my, my uh, fantasy team this past season. And he had some injuries, but he was doing great. He, he, had, he had a uh, great year. Yeah. So, which was surprising to me. So, I think he, him, I could see him coming back and playing a role more so than Zobrist, I think. Yeah. I think Zobrist has maybe kind of kind of hit the end, but just seeing what Hunter Pence was able to do last year makes me a believer, even though he's such a such an unusual player, just you know, the way he plays. But <laughs> but it's worked for him. Um, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Zobrist, the if there's there's only one team I could see him playing for next year. You know what that team is? 
Um, I want to say the Cubs, <laughs> but now you're making me think it's it's not the Cubs. The, the Rays. The Rays. Well, oh, that could that could work. That could work. I was thinking, the Angels. Yeah, I was thinking he follows yeah. Madden to every stop of Madden's managerial career. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Because he's he, he's he yeah he's a free agent. So yeah, I I mean I'd be surprised if he saw him back at the Cubs. I don't really think there's a fit for him, especially the Cubs have a lot of middle infielders who men seem to think we're very versatile, but are not very versatile. They're just yeah. like second baseman. <laughs> the yeah. roster's kind of crowded. They got Descalso. They got Bodie. Yeah. Hap. I think, That's a good point. I think that the fact that the Cubs can't spend any money, I think it makes the Bodie extension look even worse because they gave him about $15 yeah. million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they must really like him. They must really believe in him. Yeah. So... Hopefully it pays off. Yeah, but, <laughs> I don't, not too high on that one, but yeah, it is crowded though. I mean, are you going to give time to Ben Zobris right now over Ian Happ, who you really want to develop into a consistent major leaguer? No, you're you're not going to do that. So yeah, Nico Horner. Got, yeah, Nico Horner. Um, they got a lot of them. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Zach, I think we pretty much covered every aspect of this winter so far. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun, man. Thanks for having me on. It was good to uh, go a little bit more in depth, and I learned a little bit, too, about about some things I missed. So, yeah, thank, thanks for having me, man, and would be happy to be come back anytime for sure. Yeah, definitely sometime during this baseball season. Or, you know, you could join me for another sport if you want. Uh, yeah. But I think this baseball thing we have going here, this is good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any other sport, I might, I might do a little bit more research. Uh, but no, yeah, same this for sport, me. Yeah, this is this is a great topic and, and a lot of fun for sure. I appreciate it, man. Hey, since we got a big weekend in football, and you don't get to go on podcasts too often, want to make some picks here? You want to make some NFL yeah. picks and college football? I do want to make some picks. All right, let's do NFL first. All right. I'll give you the games. Okay. Vikings and 49ers. That's the first game on Saturday. Okay. I have a couple thoughts. Um, there is no, I'm not I'm not gonna say because I, I have somewhat <laughs> of a bias to the Vikings because I, I kind of know a guy on the Vikings. Oh really? Um, Who was that? Humble, humble brag. Um I don't know him that well. We went to uh we went to Northwestern together. His name's Afadi Odenigbo. Oh yeah. So I'm a little biased there. But but I think it's gonna be the Niners. Interesting. I, we made these picks uh, on the last episode, so I I'm not spoiling anything with my picks. I went with the Vikings. Really? I did. What makes you say that? Just hot and rolling right now, or Kirk's playing some good football? I think Kirk. Yeah, he is. Yeah. People, we talked about this on the last episode. People have been so hard on Kirk. Everyone's like he he's hasn't won any big games. That was only a second ever playoff game. So yeah. what what he big games well. are we missing that we haven't seen him in? Like, you know, he's he hasn't <laughs> people love to just just treat Monday night football like it's <laughs> like the Super Bowl. And I get it, it's prime time, but I don't think you could compare that to a playoff game. And Monday night, yeah. I mean Jordan Mordini made the same point that you just did about Monday night football yeah. and how people overreact to it. 
is Monday Night Football even the biggest primetime game? Sunday night is the biggest, and Monday night it's just really the fact that it's the only game on. But it seems like right. there's just as much pressure in a game that Romo and Phil Sims are doing on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, right, exactly. And I don't know if that if that even resonates with Kirk Cousins or the players. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's Monday night. Well, okay. <laughs> is, uh, does that really mean that much more? But so, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't think it's that. Yeah, I think I think yeah. the Vikings are peaking at the right time, at least with the last win. I think yeah. this game is a tough game, but I thought the Saints game was an even tougher one to go on the road and do that in New Orleans in their dome. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it happened. I think they're going to keep riding yeah, this wave. Surprised. The Niners are, might be a little rusty from the week of rest, so I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings are definitely rolling right now. So it'll be a good game. I was, a, I was surprised they beat the Saints, too. So, yeah. So, All right. So second that. game on Saturday the Titans at Baltimore. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe the Titans beat the Patriots. I was <laughs> shocked. So th- this one's pretty easy for me. I got to go, I got to go with the Ravens. Yeah. And I, I want to see the upset as a Steelers fan, but I, yeah. I think the Ravens are going to get this one. Yeah, I I still can't believe it, it. I know Derrick Henry had an incredible game, but I think Tannehill had like his stats. He had like eighty yards or something. Seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they and they beat the Patriots. It's, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, good for them. I mean, credit to them. But yeah, I'd go with the Ravens on that one. Someone brought up an interesting point in one of my group texts. I got to give credit to Connor Ennis. His name comes up a lot on this podcast. Uh-huh. He has been on the podcast. You haven't met Connor, but you would like Connor. if so. you. Oh, I'm sure I would. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah, I like good guys. <laughs> Connor brought up the point. There are a lot of Heisman in this game. Yeah. You got Derrick Henry, Mariota. Mariota's probably going to get two snaps at most. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got Lamar and you got Mark Ingram. Yeah, someone at work actually mentioned this today. Um, so how many is that? Was that four? Yeah. Man, yeah. There might be another one that I'm forgetting. I think there might be another one because I think the number I heard today was five. Ooh. But who knows? I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But um, was Derek Henry marking him? Did the, the Ravens have another back? No, not, not like a... Not a big time one. Yeah, who knows? I'm gonna yeah, still. I'll, I'll pull up Heisman history while you talk. Yeah. Uh, so I'll fact check that. Yeah, but still, that's pretty. Uh, that probably doesn't happen too often. Um, and Derrick Henry, that guy really, at least, surprised me with how good of a, a back he's actually become. <laughs> I got the other one. You ready for this? It's a backup Wait. quarterback. Oh, it's Robert Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so then the Ravens have. Oh, I guess the Ravens have three of them and the Titans have two. Yeah, we're really missing like a little Sam Bradford action here or Matt yeah, Liner. Really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny how two of them are the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah. It's really funny on this list of Heisman winners. It's got all of their pictures except Reggie Bush's. It just says 2005 vacated. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, he has his he name but no picture. Yeah, 
but it's not like he was juicing i know that's so silly (laughs) punish the university (laughs) can we get johnny football in this game somehow yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah all right sunday's games houston goes into kansas city what do you think i think the chiefs have been very inconsistent I, I got to go with at least one upset, so I, I'm going to go with the Texans. I don't hate that pick. I am high on the Chiefs this year, but I also was high on the Saints, so that could also – maybe I'm just high in general. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the Texans beat them in KC earlier this year. This is a great quarterback matchup. Two guys from the yeah. same draft. Cool. I'm, I, that that's, draft. I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, good, good matchup for sure. Everyone's, or I keep hearing uh, about the Mitch Trubisky Bowl because <laughs> for obvious reasons, but yeah. that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be a good game. But yeah, I think the, the Texas could sneak that one out. Last NFL game of the weekend: Seattle at Green Bay. Uh I gotta. Well, of course, I want the Seahawks to win. <laughs> um. I also still don't think the Packers are that good. So Yeah, I don't think either of these teams are that yeah, good, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, It's crazy to me that one of these two is going to be in the NFC title It's game. also crazy to me that, that Marshawn Lynch is going to play in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't, still can't believe that happened. But, yeah, i I'd probably go with – nah, I'm going to go Seahawks. Interesting. There's an upset pick. I, I did go with the Packers, yeah. but – uh, I don't know. The Packers aren't good. Yeah. Yeah. That one's tough. That okay. one, maybe I'm biased because I hate the Packers. <laughs> I think it's going to be a kind of a, I don't know. I don't know what that game's going to be, but I don't, I think that's going to be the least interesting in my opinion, that last yeah. game on Sunday, which yeah. is interesting. That's the primetime game. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the Niners Vikings and Texans chiefs will be re- really good games. Yeah. Those are my two favorites this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and then Monday fun. night, the, we've saved the best for last. I don't know yeah. if you're a college guy or an NFL guy, if you have a preference. I'm a college guy right now. And so yeah. I'm so excited to watch this Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence matchup. It's going to be so awesome. Who you got in that game? Yeah. So actually, the guy who sits next to me at work went to LSU. And <laughs> he's year younger than I am, so he was there very recently. So he's all about it. So I kind of stay in the loop through him. He's actually going to the game, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I think at LSU, it just kind of feels like it's their year. I mean, Clemson, yeah. you know, they've won a couple. Trevor Lawrence is obviously a beast. I saw a stat. I think he's 25-0 and 0 as a starting quarterback there. But, um, yeah, I mean, LSU has just proven it time and time again. And they're really just – they're kind of just at this point just dominating people. So – and Joe Burrow's – a savage so gotta go else <laughs> yeah and i think what's so cool about this matchup it could end up being like when you had larry bird and magic johnson playing in the college basketball national championship 1979 yeah. and then those two guys ended up being obvi- obviously two of the best 10 players of all time two top yeah. 10 nba players and that's a good point just I don't I'm not gonna go to that level. We don't know if that'll be the case with Lawrence and Burrow, but yeah, of those, course. those two guys could end up being the new faces of the NFL 
in the 2020s as we enter into this new decade, which is kind of cool because that magic bird thing was at the end of the 70s, right before the 80s, and we're right about to enter into the 2020s. So this could be these two guys. That could be the new two new faces of the NFL and to have them meet up in this college national championship, especially if it ends up being a classic, we're going to be getting taped from this game every time they face each other in the NFL. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Again. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. But these are certainly two guys who have that potential and that's, yeah, that's so true. I mean, we probably see so much more of of magic and Larry bird if, if they played in, 2020 but they just yeah. you know social media didn't exist or anything like that but yeah that's uh that's a good point that makes the, the game even a little bit more exciting i wish those guys did play in the age of social media and the league's current rules because yeah be you look at twitter and it's there's some random guy tyler harrow or whomever just lighting yeah. up twitter and everyone's freaking out about you imagine every single night, I can't believe what this Magic Johnson guy did. Check out this sick yeah. pass. Larry Bird would be averaging 35 a game in the modern <laughs> NBA. It would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, it would be. But And obviously another guy, Jordan, that we kind of missed. But Yeah, well, hard. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Magic and Bird saved the NBA. So we would not have the NBA today if it weren't for those guys. Yeah, yeah, well... Got to give credit where it's due. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, you knocked it out of the park today on the podcast. Lastly, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, would you like to throw out your Twitter handle or anything like that? Um, no, I don't even know my Twitter handle, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I, go, I go on Twitter every now and again. Um, no, not really. Wow. I should have come prepared or something, but I appreciate it. Ah, no, you're good. Appreciate it, bro. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming by. This was a lot of fun. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. All right, and I will see you next weekend. Watch a little college basketball, get some food. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, that does it for my conversation with Zach Jones. Had an awesome time talking shop with him today about the MLB offseason, even including a little bit of bonus football coverage. It's a big weekend. Hope everyone has a lot of fun. Enjoy the NFL games. Enjoy the college football national championship. I'll be back sometime early next week to recap those games. Can't believe college football is going to be over after this weekend, but that's okay because we're only a month away from baseball in the sense of spring training and it's a good time of year. March Madness, not too far. It's going to be a great 2020. I can sense it. If you would like to get in touch with me on social media, my Twitter handle is at Jack Vita Show. I love interacting with all of you listeners. I will be tweeting some thoughts as I watch the games this weekend and on Monday night. So get in touch with me there and you can stay up to date with what will be coming up on the podcast in the future. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on iTunes and you will never miss an episode. Please leave a five-star rating and review. It does a lot of great for the podcast. And also download some episodes. Even if you end up deleting it right after you download it, iTunes tracks downloads. It can't track streams. So I don't know who's listening unless these episodes are downloaded. So please go ahead and do that. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Until next time. 
I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters. <laughs>